You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. Welcome to Potter Nonsense. I'm Ray. And I'm Fee. And on tonight's episode, it might be a bit of a two for one deal, mm. but uh, we had someone write in, uh, Cecilia, and give us the topic of while the international statute of secrecy exists are all wizarding communities as cloistered as the uk one is i had canon a way more mixed approach to the u.s wizard culture so the while we may not get a full episode out of this uh the second part of this episode will probably just be how is sex ed taught at hogwarts which will just be a bit of fun to be perfectly honest (laughs) Yeah, uh, but yeah, I um, I'm always conscious of the fact that America was founded by such puritanical weirdos. Um, yeah. Whenever I think about magic and in the Wizarding World, and it is definitely something that they were looking at in the first Fantastic Beasts movie, the whole Second yeah. Salem movement. Yes, yeah, because the statute of secrecy was put into effect in. 1962, which is like the same 1662. Time. Sorry, yeah, 1662. Wow, holy <laughs> Jesus, sorry. My brain flicked all of those letters, <laughs> numbers around then. Um, yeah, it was put into effect in 1692 mm-hmm. and Salem witch trials happened in 1692 to 93. Yes, so clearly it was some hysteria was ramping up. And yeah, yeah so... Actually, the concept of Second Salem is pretty hilarious when you think about the fact that it was a mass hysteria. <laughs> so it's just like conservatives advocating for mass hysteria again. <laughs> again, yeah. Because um, I'm also, first tangent, um, listening to a lot of stuff about the satanic panic. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Which oh, it's honestly fascinating and terrifying the way things went down, like people went to jail for years based on people coaching children into claiming that they had been ritualistically abused by childcare workers. Mm. It's Mm. bonkers. (laughs) And, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, um, all of the things that, like, of course they all have are saying that the same thing happened to them because you told them to say it. You kept asking mm-hmm. them the question very specifically until they were like, if I say this thing, they're clearly going to be happy with me. And then they would say it and then they'd be like, oh, oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, you you being so brave. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it just kept on perpetuating itself because they made it. Yes. And then uh, to, to tie it back to the Salem witch trials, um, it was the only power that young girls had had in their entire lives in that society. Yep. That people were listening to them and people were interested in what they had to say and it was like, oh, wow, wow, we're going to keep on going because – like, I don't super subscribe to the ergotism theory just because it, more people would have come down with it. Mm. It's f- For me, I really do think that it was maybe one person was yeah. seeing something, like genuinely seeing something that wasn't there in a hallucinating sort of way and then they joined they, – all kind of joined up and not really out of any kind of malice, but like they were like, you've got little girls being given really positive reinforcement for the first time in their lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's like, that's interesting. Like the ergotism thing, like, well, ergot is a really, really good reason behind it. It doesn't account for the fact that only some people were affected by it. Yeah. Um, I I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like ergotism probably played a little bit of a part, but also the fact that, like you said, they've given these girls power over them 
for the first time in their entire lives, um, suddenly their opinion means something, um, which is a lot for a girl or anybody to handle if they've spent the first formative years of their life being told to be seen but not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them to suddenly be like, oh, if I say this, they listen to me. Oh, if I say this, they listen to me too. It's a bit of a bit of a power trip. Yeah, and then of course we get into adults making accusations because it's people that they don't like. Yep. <laughs> I, I think because it was um, adults, are, adults are just as petty as children. Yeah, Sarah Good, I think, was the like she was some kind of vagrant. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like that was someone that they just, you know, she was a bit weird. They wanted to get rid of her. Also, it's just in the language of the time, she was good wife good, and that tickles me. Yeah, she, uh, wasn't she some sort of herbalist? Uh, I don't I even think. think that she was that. She, like, was homeless. She was poor. She was poor. very poor. And um, I think she had children and no husband. I think the husband was dead, but, like... What's the difference really between a young widow and a harlot in that point in time? So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, her first husband died, mm. um, and she did remarry. Um, uh, she remarried and became Sarah Good. I think she uh, might have she... remarried an alcoholic as well. Yeah, William Good. He claimed that he feared that his wife was a witch due to her bad carriage to him. Yeah, so she didn't give me children, so I want her murdered. Mm-hmm. Pretty trendy idea of the time, I think. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's a theme that we are seeing everywhere, mm-hmm. all through history. Yeah. She didn't do what I want or vice versa she did what I didn't want her to do so I killed her bringing it back around to the concept of the wizarding worlds in various countries being not quite as cloistered as the UK I I find that I I want to be aware of the fact that America is very anti-magic in a lot of ways but, like, that's yeah. a lot of religious communities as well. Mm. So there's one thing um, with I just, – I'm just thinking about, say, like, the Quaker movement in America and, oh, yeah. like, how they would have their utopian communes and stuff like that. So, but that's continuing for it to be a cloistered community for Americans. Like if we mm. if we were recontextualizing this into a magic thing, like it's not in the exact same way as the um, UK that I'm thinking. But I'm just thinking about the idea that it's it's still a close community, but it's like they are making a product that the Muggles will want to buy. Yeah, you've also got to think that the America is like three or four times the size of the UK. So, I think it's it's somewhat even bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're just they're the numbers that came to mind. Yeah. First. Okay, let's like retcon that. <laughs> America is fucking big. Like it's way bigger than the UK. Yeah. So they have like, the same. Nice. They have the same yeah. floor space as Australia. That is not the yeah. correct word, but they have the same floor space as Australia, but with population across the entire thing. Yeah, it's it's population is spread across the entire entire country, where Australia it's just the coastlines and a little bit in the middle, like a sprinkle. Yeah, but it's it's bigger than the UK, so a little tiny cloistered little cutesy community where everyone keeps it secret, keeps it safe, it doesn't really work when you've got literally more people spread across a bigger surface area yeah and playing into the religious side of america they could just set themselves up as a weird religious commune that believes that they can do magic and no one would question it yeah 
Exactly. Like, and then they can just make spoons. Yeah. (laughs) Spoons is actually a specific choice that I made there. Um, These, there's a um, dinnerware company called Oneida. Mm-hmm. And it started out as a utopian Quaker con- commune. Oh, okay, right. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what does spoons have to do with it? <laughs> but that makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it um, was like this start, started off as this like completely anti-capitalist communist like communist venture that now is like the most expensive dinnerware in America. <laughs> Right. Excellent. I love that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, um, I don't think, I don't think America would really succeed in keeping everything secret, but I think they would have more reason to keep things secret given how religious some of their communities can be. Yeah. Their track record of magic-based prosecution is – more recent than England's because mm. England was like there was still a little bit going on, but England was kind of over the whole witch thing by the time the Americans got into it. Yeah, burn the witches in America happened in like Monty Python days, and I mean King Arthur and the Holy Grail type scenario. Because mm. I'm just thinking, all I've got in my head is burn the witches. <laughs> he t- she and- turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs> <laughs> My other favourite line from that is, and what did we do if, she, oh, no, what is it? Uh, something about, oh, and what else floats? <laughs> a duck. So if she weighs the same as a duck, she's a witch. Why do witches burn? <laughs> Because they're made of wood. <laughs> I really just the, the it's the tone that sells it. It's like a primary school teacher guiding the children towards the question, the, the answers to the questions, and it's just so beautiful. It's one hundred percent my favorite scene out of that entire movie. That and the bring out your dead. I'm not dead. Bring out your dead. Still not dead. Um, hey, he says he's yeah. not dead. <laughs> Which she will be soon. Which they then turned into a song for Spam a lot. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, yeah, uh, America uh, has had a lot more. And if I am remembering this correctly, which I might not be because my brain is just not quite here at the moment, um, wasn't it America like one of the first places to ban the Harry Potter books? I feel like. Probably, yeah. Like, there were definitely Christian reactionaries to the story um, all over the world, but I think that America probably led the charge. Yeah, it was a Mich- – I think it was a Michigan school. Yeah. <laughs> Religious debates over the Harry Potter series. Oh, there's a whole Wikipedia article over it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that shouldn't surprise me. Yeah. In the United States, calls for the books to be banned from schools have led to legal challenges, often on the grounds that witchcraft is a government-recognized religion and that the, to allow the books to be held in public schools violates the separation of church and state. Oh, that's rich. Yeah. Although if it's a religious school, I don't think that the same rules apply there. No, that's true. Um, it's it's, yeah, it's so like the um <laughs> that episode of The Simpsons where um the like superintendent comes to inspect it, <laughs> inspect the school, and like they yeah. want to get Principal Skinner in trouble, so they like turn it into an absolute like shambles, and everything is fine until um, I think it's like one of um, Flanders' kids. Um, it says something like, God bless you. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> God has no place in a public school. Skitter! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, just having a quick read. Uh, most of the criticism of Harry Potter is from fundamentalist evangelical Christian groups uh, based out of Colorado. Oh, okay. So, yes, it it and Harry Potter has been sub- the subject of at least six book burnings in the United States. Because, you um, know, um, it's always a good sign when you're on the side of the team that is burning the books. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, keeping this in mind, I honestly think America would have more of a reason to keep their wizarding community quiet. Yeah. Way more of a reason if you think about how history in America has treated minority groups. Mm. Now, I do think that at particular points in history, there might have been pushes towards um, looking at breaking away from the statute of secrecy. Mm. Um, I'm going to say the... American Revolutionary War was probably a time when they were like, we are breaking away from the yoke of England. We can do whatever we want. Yes. So Actually, yep, that, that's a pretty good point. That would have been a very big time in history where they would have gone, yay. Uh, and I want to say that the 1920s, like I know that the um, Fantastic Beast movies is set in the 1930s, but like, if we're looking at the 1920s, it's like there's a lot of boundaries being pushed. There's social change. There's all of this stuff going on. Mm. Communities are blending in a way that they couldn't. Jazz is a thing. White people are getting into black people music. Like mm. it's it's that would be a time where they'd be looking at we want, especially since in, in America it's illegal for um wizards and witches to marry muggles or even have relationships with muggles yeah that's a little extreme yeah but it's very american it it is and i think yeah you're right uh every time there would have been a a shift in a shift in society Mm. it probably would have come back up so i mean 1960s yeah, like the 1960s, 1970s. I, uh, given that we are now in 2020, maybe this would be the year or over the last couple of years that we would have seen the break of that statute of secrecy. Yeah, we've talked uh, about how like the internet would affect things and I think that there would be intentional moves from Amer- American witches and wizards and Australian witches and wizards too who would be looking at it and being like, this is this is the time. Yeah. The time is now because there are a lot of minority groups doing the same thing right now. Mm. The time is now. The time is now for the queer community to be loud and proud and out there. And the time is now for women to take a stand and be out there. And the time is now for minority groups to say, hey, you know what? I don't care that you're an upper middle class white male. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, that the yesterday I experienced one of those incredibly straight white male moments in that it was just a guy with compl- not absolutely no awareness of what's going on around him who decided to just stop in the doorway of chemist warehouse. Oh God. And like you know that this is a this this white man is a straight man because like <laughs> people who have any kind of minority in them are very aware of where they are at all times. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I hate people that just walk into somewhere and stop. You know what I hate even more? People who stop at the end of an escalator to look around to see where they're going and you're like, um, the thing behind you is still moving. Fucking move. Yeah, yeah. Like just because you got off of it doesn't mean it stops moving. Mm-hmm. It's just the people who think that the whole world is just revolving around them. Ugh, it's exhausting. But, yeah, um, um, I, I just – I had a thought about how about wizards coming over to Australia and all of that and, like, 
consider as um as people were voluntarily coming over here at the same time as we were also having prisoners brought over here, I feel like some wizards would just commit muggle crimes. Mm. It's like this could be a new place for us and then they just yeah. promptly disappear <laughs> once, they, once they arrive. It's like, cool, we got free passage. Okay, let's start our own community. Yeah, pretty much. Um. Yeah, like, I think that would be a thing. Yeah, just Jean Valjean themselves a loaf of bread and get, let's go. <laughs> Les Mis, but with magic. <laughs> Les Mis, but a Harry Potter twist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's, um, how would things go over here, like, as far as wizarding communities go? In Australia? Yeah. I... I think it would be a little bit more readily accepted. Um, and I say this mostly because Australians have an uh, unnatural curiosity and an almost dangerous curiosity f- to the unknown. So, like, if they see someone who can, I uh, say, conjure magic out of the end of a wooden stick sorry, conjure fire out of the end of a wooden stick, they're going to go, what the fuck, do it again. (laughs) Like, you just have to think about the way Australians as a nation approach the unknown. Mm. And, like, I will say there are some truly hateful Australians out there, absolutely, 100%. One One of them runs our country. Yeah, yeah. Um. Although even he's um, taking a planning to take an order of Australia away from like just an absolute monster um, because she'd said the exact same thing that she has always been saying um, for the last. Wait, what's happening? Bettina Arndt. Yeah. She's getting her order of Australia taken away because she's saying the exact same thing that she has always said for the past 10 years, but she said it about Rowan Baxter. Oh, my God. Seriously? So, yeah, she was, like, defending him and, like, talking about how, like, you know, if she hadn't taken his kids away. Um, and everyone's like, um, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. We, we can't agree. Can't agree, Bettina. <laughs> no. Why would we agree with that? Oh, my God. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm okay. We, we can't talk about this more. Um. <laughs> We had quite quite a tangent there um, before, but yeah, no, yeah um, that won't that won't that won't be going to the final product <laughs> of the show. Um, but yeah, there are of course there are some genuinely hateful Australians out there, and I won't deny that those exist. Um, but at the same time, many Australians that you encounter do not have the like emotional energy to dedicate to hating things. Yeah, um, yeah, like there are hateful Australians, as you say, but yes, majority of the time. And I think as well if, if how do I put this, if people see someone doing a cool thing that's slightly dangerous and they don't know how it works, they're going to want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm – it's I'm in Adelaide. It's fringe time. Um, honestly, if someone started doing magic in the street, like it's like you're late, you're early for fringe. Like, yeah. Although even then, not not even because like I have watched a brother and sister magician duo grow up in this city on, the, on like in Rundle Mall. Um, oh wow! Like it started off, they were like. He's he's younger than her. Um, like he was about six years old, she was about eight, and they were doing like a cute little um like magic show, which was definitely scripted by like an adult and it wasn't like it was really weirdly done because you know, it's grown up jokes that aren't particularly funny coming from a six year old. 
Oh, no. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. now it's like 10 years on. And um, the other day I was walking through Rundle Mall and I saw the sister do a backbend. And then he got up onto her stomach and stood there and juggled knives. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like incredible. And like I've just watched them like since I was a teenager um, develop, awesome. develop their show. <laughs> That sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I can't, like, um, we have a few people in Brisbane. We call them the Brisbane cryptids that maybe would be like magic people. I I don't know. Hey, I think Australia would be a little bit more welcoming. Mm. Um, But... I don't – and, yeah, I think Australia would be a little bit more welcoming, which means that Australian wizard society would probably break away from the statute of secrecy a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that our propensity to be impressed would definitely temper our fear of the unknown. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, there's plenty of racists here. <laughs> So many racists. Yeah. So many racists. So, um, I don't know if, have you got anything more to say on this one or shall we, um, take, take a little stroll down sex ed lane? (laughs) Yeah. Let's do sex ed because that's funny. Yeah. Okay. So I think that the best lesson would probably come from McGonagall. (laughs) <laughs> but the most awkward lesson it, would also It would come be from very clinical. It, there would be absolutely nothing at all sexual about it in the whole like in the whole of thing. Like like not it would be the most unsexy talk about sex that you ever experienced. Yeah. It would just be very like to the point, I guess. Mm. <laughs> But I think, like, if we go into, like, the fact that, like, the stereotypical sex ed teacher is the gym teacher, um, I guess it's Madame Hooch. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Madame Hooch would very, um, be very adamant about the fact that this is where the clitoris is. It's in the same spot on everyone. It's easy to find. <laughs> I, I just I just hear Madame Hooch as the coach from Mean Girls. <laughs> like, don't have sex. Don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and you will die. <laughs> don't have sex in the missionary. Don't have sex turning up. Just just don't do it. <laughs> All right, everyone takes some rubbers. <laughs> With chlamydia misspelt on the um <laughs> <laughs> on the board. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's that's basically it. That's uh, that is a hundred percent my my head cannon, and you cannot take it away from me. <sighs> or actually, no. Do you know what would be funnier? Snape. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, that's the funny one to go to. Because <laughs> I mean, for one thing, um, it'd be like the clinical version of um, the sex writing of fan fiction in which oh. you can really tell that this person has not had sex. They just learned about sex from other fan fictions and they all use the same um, language. Oh no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we know we, we, everyone listening knows what that language is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the hot moist cave of his mouth. <laughs> hungry for her. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, it's so awkward. It's so cringy. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, undulating. Clint- undulating with desire. <laughs> um, I think um, I think Flitwick, Flitwick would probably be the most entertaining but also the most informative. Yeah. Like I feel like for some reason I just feel like Flitwick would be like, okay, Let's talk about this. I feel like as as far as like 
genres of magic in the wizarding world, I feel like charms lends itself most to like mm-hmm. sensuality. Yeah, you know Phil is a kinky motherfucker. I, I mean, potions probably would if it wasn't Snape teaching it. <laughs> but like, Snape yeah. is um, Snape is going to make no one ever want to have sex. Like he's he's Coach Car. <laughs> Don't have sex. I love that everyone's Snape voice is Squidward. It is, though. It is. Because <laughs> it's a thing that comes up on Potterless as well. It's like, why is like someone on the most recent episode was like, why is your Snape Squidward? And it's like, because he's Squidward. Because he is Squidward. He has a very nasally voice. Mm. Yeah, like um, I, I know that we've um, all had the absolute delight that was, well, I think the most, it's funny that like I don't know where we all got, I think it's Potter Puppet Pals. Uh-huh. Potter oh, Puppet yeah, Pals it, is it, where we get that Snape voice. Yeah, that's exactly where my Snape voice comes from because there's no way I'm doing an Alan Rickman. I have no idea how to do it. Yeah, because you've got either Alan Rickman or you've got, what's his name, Joe something from um, a very Potter musical. <laughs> oh um yeah uh joe oh, fuck i can't remember his name armstrong is it uh, no that was no joe armstrong is um voldemort and um umbridge yes yeah i can't yeah no i can't remember <laughs> i'm just remembering that he's got to keep his mouth in a certain position <laughs> to get that throaty voice i can't even do it like but yeah but I gave you my letterman jacket. It's never fit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I can't I can't even I can't even do that seriously. Um uh, Hold on. I'm looking up his name now. I have to look up his name. Um uh, who played Snape in a very Potter musical? Here we go. Joe Moses. Joe, uh, Joe Moses. Yeah, Joe Moses is uh... a. <laughs> what the devil is going on here? What the devil is going on here? <laughs> that's the one. Uh, that's, that's the one. Um, I also like the. J.K. Rowling says the T in Voldemort should be silent. It should be pronounced Voldemort. And then the next the next quote under it is, oh, well, the medallion says that's a dumb idea, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, also, if, if she seriously was like that, it would have been said that way in the movies. Yeah, because she had a lot, of, uh, a lot of say in the movies. Yeah. So, like, anything that's like... Anything that's contradicted directly by the movies, I'm like, I think you decided that later on in the piece. (laughs) Yeah. Just like a lot of things. Plus, like, the English will aggressively mispronounce any French word. So Voldemort could, like, be, like, he could call himself Voldemort. And then, like, obviously his buddies are all calling him the Dark Lord, so, like, he, like they're not going to be saying anything different, but, like, anyone else is just like, Voldemort, mate. Voldemort. It's Voldemort, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you wanted us to pronounce it that way, <laughs> that way you would have used fewer consonants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I do th- say this as one of those jerks who does pronounce it croissant. <laughs> like it, I don't go full accent on it, but like I use the like general um, way that those sounds are made. <laughs> Look, when I was when I was in France, I did call it a croissant. When I'm here at my local Starbucks, it's a croissant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just get a ham and cheese croissant, mate. Thanks. <laughs> Ham and cheese, ham and cheese croissant and a chai latte. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'll have that to go. Cheers. <laughs> I try, no, no, no. It's chai tea latte because technically you're saying tea tea latte. Yeah. And the latte is also superfluous because traditional chai is made with milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. We just like to butcher the languages. <laughs> but, um, um, we tangent it so hard. Yeah. Um, I feel like this probably the second like I, I think my ranking is going to be like McGonagall for like um clinical thoroughness. Um mm. hooch for like the real questions that you want answered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like um I I don't even know what quite precipitated this, but um, beyond, I think that it must have just been that, like, some friend, like, a friend of my mum realised that her daughter was not getting a decent sex education at the Lutheran school that she was going to. <laughs> um, yeah. So she actually arranged for a sex educator to come and, like, talk to her daughter and, like, all of her daughter's friends like, in her home, mm. and, like, that was the one where it's, like, she would just, like, she passed around a box that we could put any questions that we wanted in there, and, like, it was all just absolute, like, biz, like the really weird stuff that, like, 15-year-olds want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just a, like, really positive thing that was done that, like, I'm sure that is not an experience that most um, modern um teens get but yeah it was just this really good thing but yeah I think that that's the Madam Hooch vibe <laughs> yes yeah that's definitely the Madam Hooch vibe. like I will answer any question you put in this box no question asked <laughs> yes and then that, and, she would definitely do that. and then I think Professor Sprout would be good oh I think Professor Sprout would be like she'd try and take a very like now children blah 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 approach to it <laughs> But I think that they're distracted by the giggling. I think that there is a post about like the house, um, the heads of houses having to specifically teach their own um, houses about sex. And like yeah. the Professor Sprout version did involve puppets. Um, I'm not sure that I quite agree with that, in spite of it being hilarious. <laughs> Mm, mm. um plus like I feel like the um person who came up with that like uh completely has not experienced the absolute lack of wholesomeness that is puppet sex (laughs) um in any kind of media (laughs) because it comes up in some things yeah (laughs) like um the one of my most hated movies, uh, Team America, World Police. <laughs> oh, I hate that movie. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I, uh, on trends like these, they were talking about how, like, uh, that that creative team recently apologized. Like, they relitigated Man Bear Pig on South Park because they put out this episode of South Park where Al Gore was a lunatic freaking out about things that weren't real um a month before the um what was it um an inconvenient truth was set to come out so they set everyone up to be skeptical of Al Gore oh no so they recently did a episode where it was like yeah man bear pig is real (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, as this sort of apology thing, and they were talking about how um, they were wondering if South Park would ever apologise for its transphobic episodes, like including the one where um, someone says that he's a dolphin and, like, it's, you know, very much a trans metaphor sort of thing and it's being treated as being absolutely ridiculous. Right, um, yeah. And my... My perception of this is no, absolutely not. They don't, they're never going to be sorry about that because they still to this day think that AIDS is absolutely hilarious. 
Yes. Mm, thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Team America. Because it's in Team America and it's in um, the Book of Mormon as well. Oh, which are I've two things that they before. made very far apart from each other. So, like, they haven't grown to a point where they're like, no, AIDS is a serious thing. They are two straight white guys who um, do not consider AIDS to be a threat to them. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I I never saw Book of Mormon. I, everyone's like, oh, it's a fantastic. And I'm like, I, yeah, I'm good. I enjoyed it in spite of a number of factors. <laughs> mm. um because while I it was one of those things that was like a good compromise for me and yeah. Matt because he likes Team America I do not oh no I like musicals he doesn't really <laughs> oh no so it was just yeah, this okay. like middle ground that was like this could be good. And there were some genuinely funny things and there were some other things in there that it's just like the things that got the big laughs yeah. were not remotely funny to me. Um, there's some like good songs in there and there is a hilarious joke, <laughs> um, a visual gag that you only really get if you know specific things about uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints, which is stuff like that they're not allowed to drink hot drinks. What? It's Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. It's just that they're not allowed to. So there's this bit where um, we see uh, the song is called Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. And it <laughs> honestly, just look that one up on Spotify. It's like probably one of the highlights of the whole thing. And there's like just some dancing Starbucks cups. That actually sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a clip of it on YouTube. There probably is because it's like just one of those really big things, but it's like, uh, <laughs> like, um, and you see there's like, there's a lineup of like big names of people who are in hell and it's like um, Jeffrey Dahmer oh, and Charles Manson and Johnny Cochran, who was one of the, one of OJ's lawyers. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. And like, it's just a very, very enjoyable part of the whole thing, but like, Matt was asking, why were there coffee cups there? And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like I don't understand why. Like alcohol, fine, like if you don't want to be into that. But, like, there's nothing really that's – it's not like they're specifically against the stimulant that is caffeine. It's just drinks yeah. that are hot are not allowed. You can't have a hot chocolate. Okay. All right. Well, you're missing out on that one, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, um, I can't believe we got here from puppet sex. Uh, oh, no. Um, no, speaking of hot chocolate, I sent my friend in the States a packet of Tim Tams and a tub of Milo, and he did a Tim Tam slam with Milo, hot Milo. Excellent. He's like, this is this has changed my life. <laughs> I'm like, you're welcome. Uh, I haven't had Milo uh, in years. Neither have I. And then I bought some to send to Sean. Mm. Um, if anyone's interested, he is the DM for the Tabletop Champions. Uh, go check out their podcast. Just going to plug that away. Um, yeah, I, I sent some to Sean and I was like, I'm going to have some Milo. And now I'm like, oh, my God, why did I stop drinking this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I stopped taste- drinking it because I'm lactose intolerant. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, so am I. But I've got uh, lactose-free milk that doesn't taste like shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like lactose-free milk um, that doesn't taste like shit is a newer development than um, me yeah. not drinking Milo. It's come a long way. It is. Zymiel is amazing. Yes. It actually tastes like proper milk. Yeah. It's it just it a little bit sweeter. Yeah. Because, like, the lactose has been broken down. <laughs> and doesn't make me violently ill, so that's nice. Yeah, it also is um, good for a treat for the cat. Yes, because there's no lactose in yes. it. Yes. Yes, yes, mm. yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so this episode has been, like, a clusterfuck of what the fuck. <laughs> Look, we're both in a weird place right now. Um, <gasps> yep. Do, do you want to um, express that you knew... Hannah or oh um I mean yeah like so 
Hannah, who was unfortunately murdered uh, a few weeks ago now. Uh, I knew her without It was actually her. just last week, wasn't it? Oh, Time yeah, is like really was, insane right now, but um, yeah, it was it was literally last Wednesday. Yeah. Um. So a week yeah, from no, today. I, yeah, like I knew her without really knowing her in that way that we used to eat lunch together, uh, because she worked in the same shopping center as me, and I went and bought the last couple of pairs of my sports shoes off of her. Um. And, like, if I'd see her in the centre, obviously, I'd wave and say hello and she'd ask how I was and I'd ask how she was and the kids were. And my manager's kids went to school with her kids and one of my good friends was really good friends with her. So it's that kind of weird situation of I knew this woman without actually knowing her, but she was an absolute delight and, like, I, I, just one of those very welcoming people. Um, so, yeah, it's been a bit of a – it's been a weird – week uh yeah it's one of those things mm. so yeah I think we needed just a bit of fun on this one to be honest yeah yeah so uh <laughs> that that sentence again was going somewhere but I can't remember where mm. but yeah so we we um yeah it's been it's been a whole lot of a thing uh I mean, I've got just, I'm just slammed at the moment. <laughs> yeah, um, work is uh, work is tough. There's only like five of us running the store properly. Uh, we got we got uh, properly assigned our clients at work, and I got some interesting ones. So that's fun. Oh, fun! I will tell you those ones off the. Uh, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, Yikes! But yeah, so you know we. Are out here doing our very best. Uh, we would love it if um, some of our listeners, new and old, would um, send us through some episode ideas. Yeah. Um, also, in the next few weeks, we may start talking about Buffy or Supernatural as well. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's definitely something that we're looking at. Um Supernatural might be the way to go just because I don't think there are as many supernatural pods. <laughs> but yeah, um, considering that uh, Ray's out for Supernatural, it's the end of season five, which is honestly like a good place to finish because it was where it was intended. It's where it's meant to end. <laughs> um, it might be that Buffy comes after that, but who knows? Oh, look, look, I'll continue if we're talking about it because you will get my unfiltered what the fuck. Yeah, I mean, honestly, as the show gets weirder and more ridiculous, like, that's that's where the gold comes in, isn't it? Hey, that's where the uh, interesting conversation starts to come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we will be in the next, I don't know, few weeks or so starting to steer away from Harry Potter um, for a little bit. I mean, we can always come back to it if we find more questions to ask, things like that. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, looking at doing Hunter nonsense. Hunter nonsense. Would be quite <laughs> fun. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, definitely keep sending in ideas for stuff because it may be that we do, you know, a couple of episodes of Supernatural then come back to a Harry Potter topic, that sort of thing. I think we'd keep it all on the same feed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should just rebrand this as just nonsense. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, if, I think I think our brand is feminist critique and jokes about um, magical worlds, basically. <laughs> Tangents and tangents. Our brand is also tangents. Fe fe feminist feminism and tangents. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, you can get me on Twitter at raven.com, and you can get me on. Well, sometimes you can get me on Twitter. You can get me on Twitter at Ray is a writer. R A E. And there's also the Bronze Pig Media Twitter account where you can find the other shows that I am involved with, including, well, in total, uh, Downton Down Under and Damsels in Disney. Uh, 
two shows for which um, my I have at least one co-host who is in Japan. <laughs> we worked, we realized that um, uh, 40% of Bronze Pig Media is currently in Japan. Oh, nice. <laughs> and we can probably add a little bit of percentage for um, Bishan's wife who made the Bronze Pig Media logo. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so let's 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 say that it's um forty five percent of the of the podcast of our podcast collective is in Japan at the moment. So hopefully they don't expand um, the whole quarantine thing to a larger area of Asia than just China, because otherwise I don't know when I'm going to see those guys again. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, Japan is still currently safe because one of my juniors at work has just gotten back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And as far as I'm aware, she wasn't quarantined. Okay, that's good. I actually yes. should find out if they're going to end up on the same plane back because I think they're coming back around the same time. Oh, that would just be hilarious, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So... Until next time. Yeah. yeah. Till next time. Mischief managed. Oh, damn it. I said the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take that again? No, just leave it at that. <laughs> Fair enough. It's just like a mischief managed toodle. Damn it. <laughs> Forgetting the sign off of our own show. <laughs> Potter Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia. If you liked the show, please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at BronzePigMedia or by email at BronzePigMedia at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. And then there was my whole giggle fit over this <laughs> Snape voice. <laughs> I can't help it. The Snape voice is hard to do without sounding like Squidward. <laughs> it's just his vibe. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. But, really, really. But for real this time, mischief managed. Mischief managed. <laughs> Bye. Bronze Pig Media. Boink. <laughs>